Hello and welcome to the Maluli Asset Management Podcast. Today is October 21st, 2015. This is Brendan and today I'm joined by Casey and Tom and we're going to talk about uh, floating rate bond funds a little bit. They used to be called bank loan funds. Yeah, and some people also refer to them as uh, leveraged loan funds. Uh, But it's just a, a common belief that floating rate bond funds eliminate, you know, interest rate risk, which is pretty much the biggest worry of all bond investors because of the inversely correlated relationship that bond prices and yields have. People tend to think of these funds when the threat of rising interest rates seems imminent. Yeah. Um, you have a good example of that from the taper tantrum. Uh, you could just look at the, the 12 months preceding June 30th of uh, 2013. We saw floating rate bond funds uh, increase their assets by more than 70%. Uh, that meant inflows of about $45 billion there. So the, the, the thought behind these um, floating rate bond funds is that if you think rates are going up, you put money in there because if you own a traditional bond when rates are going up, your principal is likely to go down. So why don't we talk a little bit about how these funds work compared to a traditional uh, fund. So unlike traditional bonds, uh, these do not have a fixed coupon rate. The rate is determined by a floating reference such as LIBOR or the Fed funds rate plus a certain spread. Yeah, and then they periodically adjust the, uh, the yield for these bonds to reflect those changes in rates, uh, usually between 30 and every 30 and 90 days. It's, it's pretty frequent. Yeah, but, but who's going to get these loans? All right, now remember, they're not bonds that you're investing in. These are bank loans. So who's getting this financing? Who winds up with the money? Uh, it's pretty common to see floating rate loans serve as an alternative source of financing for companies with poor credit. Right. Yeah. And we're also going to see companies that are smaller in size that can't tap into the bond market for borrowing are also going to be getting bank loans instead of issuing bonds. Yeah. So by by nature, these are riskier loans that are being given out. Um, you know, you, they can't get a regular um, traditional loan right. from any source. So this is, you know, they're getting this adjustable rate and uh that means that the risk, more more default risk is the issue here. Yeah, you're definitely taking on more risk when you're getting involved with one of these floating rate bond funds. Yeah, you can pretty much line up a higher yield in a bond fund to mean more credit risk being taken. Um, so while you are getting rid of interest rate risk, um, the credit risk kind of takes the place of it. It's a trade-off. You're not, you're not eliminating interest rate risk and just you know, getting rewarded for it. There is an, a risk that steps in in place. There's there's never a, a trade-off where you well, just eliminate it, risk. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the road runner. You know, at some point you run out of road and you just fall all the way down the cliff with these things. And that's, that's the problem with these is that you can't really see these problems coming. Yeah, uh, the biggest issue with these, I think, is if you're using them as a, a means of diversifying your portfolio or lowering its volatility like most people use bonds for, uh, that's maybe not what you're going to get. Uh, you know, we can look back to the last time that you know uh, credit spreads really widened. Um, we saw that in 2008. I mean, the average bank loan fund in 2008 lost 30 percent, while 
you know, regular intermediate term bond fund that was in, uh, you know, better rated securities lost four and a half percent on average. So, you know, that you know, the regular bond funds did what they were supposed to do during that time period and kind of put a damper on the volatility while these floating rate funds performed more like the market. I mean, the S&P was down about 40% and you lost 30% in these floating rate bond funds. And, and I'm sure that's not what people went into these things for. And, and, you know, the conversation that we have with a lot of investors when they talk about high yield funds or these floating rate funds is if you're going to take this much risk, why aren't we talking about going into the stock market for some of this money? Because that's the kind of risk that they're taking. So. Rising rates can hurt bond investments, but defaults can basically wipe them out. And I think what Casey's trying to say is that, yes, you may see a little bit of erosion in a bond portfolio when rates are going up, but to take on this much risk, I mean, you're really... You're really changing the reason that you own the bonds in the first place, right. which is just, you're, you're talking about your overall portfolio here. I mean, why... Why, again, going back to what you said, why, why are you owning bonds if you're going to take this much risk with them? Uh, right. Unless that's what you're looking to do. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to reach for yield, then maybe these are right for you if you don't care about uh, credit default risk. But I think most investors believe that this eliminates interest rate risk and doesn't do anything to the credit risk. And it just, you know, it just takes down that, uh, that credit or the interest rate risk and uh, yeah. there's, there's no give and take. Yeah, that's not true. I mean, you're not, yeah, that's I not think what you're accomplishing. What we're really trying to say is if you want to diversify your, your portfolio, whether it's just your fixed income side of the portfolio or the whole picture, if you're trying to do that or lower the volatility, this may not be the vehicle for you. Yeah, and uh, another problem with these, again, pointing back to uh, a recent example in the taper tantrum in 2013, is that many investors have begun to misuse these funds as a way to express, you know, their predictions on uh, on interest rates and what what's the Fed going to do, and and you know, my my opinion on that is if you know <laughs> if you know when and by how much and and for how long that interest rates are going to rise, then by all means uh, pile into these things and and that'll be great for you. And let me know too because I'm yep. I'm curious. Uh, but as far as making a prediction on interest rates, that's not. I I mean, then you're looking to time the, the interest rate market here. And I don't think that's what anyone really intends to do with their bond exposure. You know, before we uh, go any further, I think one of the, the big problems that comes with a, uh, an investment like a floating rate bond fund is that there's not enough education with these types of investments. And I think that individual investors are getting mixed up in things like these where they don't really understand Okay, well, it sounds good if interest rates go up. What happens if interest rates go bad? What happens if we go into, the re into a recession and there's a slowdown in the whole economy? What's going to happen to my investment? These are really important questions that people need to be asking you know, when they're looking at these different investments. There's always some kind of a trade-off. There's no eliminating one type of risk without taking on some risk somewhere else. And that's true whether we're talking about floating rate bond funds or really any other kind of investments out there. We just want to say that none of the securities mentioned in this or any podcast represent past specific recommendations of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is not a recommendation to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned here. And if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, you're likely making a huge mistake.
We strongly urge our listeners to consult with their investment advisor before they make a decision to buy or sell any investment. Now, if you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you may have without any kind of cost or obligation. Just pick up the phone. You can find us in New Jersey. Our phone number is 732-223-9000, or you can submit a question right through our website at maluli.net. Okay, that's all we have for now. We'll be back next week with a new topic, and thanks for listening.